Support for Kansas City Today comes from Grandma's Office Catering, delivering made-from-scratch hot meals and individual boxed lunches for fast distribution to offices, warehouses, and factories, even on nights and weekends. Details are at grandmascatering.com. This is Kansas City Today. I'm Nomi Nujia-Dean. Today is Tuesday, November 14th. Coming up... The Kansas City Royals are continuing their plan to build a new stadium based in part on a study that said it would cost more to fix Kauffman Stadium than to replace it. I can give you a brand new house or I can repair your house. The new house will be more modern, really nice, look really spiffy, and the price is identical. Then the question then becomes, how emotionally connected are you to your current house? Architects see this as an opportunity to build a stadium tailored to modern baseball, even though other studies have said the K is doing just fine. Plus, the new movie Killers of the Flower Moon is bringing attention to the murders of the Osage people that took place a century ago. They didn't want to talk about it, and we never understood. But we do now. We understand it now. It was too painful. We'll hear the story of a tribe that was originally from Kansas and Missouri. But first, some headlines. An Independence man has been charged for his alleged involvement in a Friday shooting at the Independence Center Mall. Mark Anthony Greer is charged with three counts of armed criminal action and three counts of unlawful use of a weapon. The Jackson County Prosecutor's Office says Greer was with a group of people that got into a verbal argument with another group at the mall. Greer then allegedly shot two people his group was arguing with, as well as a bystander. One victim is a pregnant woman who's now in critical condition. The other two were injured. Criminal charges could be coming after a sexually explicit video of Shawnee's city manager was sent to city staff. Kyle Palmer has more. The wife of now-suspended Shawnee city manager Doug Gerber says the video showing her husband engaged in a sexual act is part of a, quote, criminal scam, end quote, targeting her family. She says she has filed a criminal complaint with the Johnson County Sheriff's Office. The video was sent by an anonymous party to city staffers in late September, but didn't come to light publicly until a month later, just before last week's municipal elections, which hinged in part on ongoing staffing troubles at Shawnee City Hall. Legal experts say the video, if it was sent against Gerber's consent, could violate state laws, including those against breach of privacy and blackmail. So far, no criminal charges have been filed in the case. Kansas City Public Schools won't put armed officers in its elementary schools after pushback from the community. KCUR's Jody Fortino reports. The Kansas City Beacon reports the district announced the decision after bringing the idea to a school safety committee and parents. Many parents worried armed guards wouldn't be effective and their daily presence would harm students. Ashley Johnson is vice chair of the district advisory committee. She said the district needs to focus on marginalized students. We can't figure out a way to feed and clothe and shelter these unhoused children, but we can figure out ways to bring guns in our school system. All KCPS middle schools and high schools already have armed officers. We'll be back after this. Oreo is the most famous cookie in the world, but few people remember the product that it blatantly ripped off, a creation of Jacob Luce in Kansas City. Not only was Oreo this copycat of Hydrox, it was also built on the back of the company that Jacob had founded himself. How Kansas City started the cookie wars. Hear the whole story on the podcast, A People's History of Kansas City. 
It's been a year since the Kansas City Royals announced a plan to move their stadium downtown. While there are still a lot of questions, we know taxpayers are likely to foot much of the bill. The Royals say it'll cost more to stay at Kauffman Stadium in the long run. But is that true? KCUR's Savannah Holly Bates set out to find out. A new Royal Stadium has been controversial from the beginning. We still don't know where it will go or how exactly it will be paid for. But at the start of this debate is a fundamental question of whether Kauffman Stadium can or should continue to be the venue for future Royals games. And a fair warning, the answer is kind of technical. According to a report released by stadium design firm Populous, the case suffers from structural issues that come with a 50-year-old stadium. Water damage, steel corrosion, and HVAC issues abound, but the biggest problem is alkali silica reaction, or ASR. So really the enemy of almost any structure is moisture, and it it doesn't matter whether it's steel or wood or masonry or concrete or whatever. That's Dr. William Kirkham, a structural engineer and professor at the University of Kansas who specializes in concrete. ASR happens when aggregates that contain silica particles react with alkali hydroxide in concrete and form a gel that causes it to expand. Basically, when water comes into concrete, ASR works against the material and causes it to swell and crack. Populous said it found evidence of ASR on the upper deck front tubs and throughout the stadium. While it is replaceable, it would take years of work and millions of dollars to rid the K of ASR. Dr. David Darwin, a professor of civil engineering at KU who specializes in reinforcing concrete, says repair might not be the best option. I don't know how widely spread that ugly-looking concrete is, but if, if you were told, I can give you a brand new house or I can repair your house, the new house will be more modern, really nice, look really spiffy, and, and the price is identical. Then the question then becomes, how emotionally connected are you to your current house? For anyone familiar with HGTV, the Royals and metro area taxpayers have run into a problem common on the show Love It or List It. People put money in to renovate their current home while shopping around for new houses, and at the end of the episode, they have to decide whether to stay in their home or buy a new one. Other teams have faced the same decision. While some cities have chosen to build new downtown stadiums, others, like the Cubs' Wrigley Field in Chicago and the Red Sox's Fenway Park in Boston, two stadiums older than the K, have chosen to renovate and stay put. Jonathan Cole is an architect with Pendulum, who's designed multiple stadiums. While the K may be a classic example of stadium design, Cole thinks a new version could revive Kansas City's baseball scene, whether it's a popular decision or not. I've never had a project that the community has been supportive of until after it's done. (laughs) I'll just put to you that way. There are always, uh, a good friend of mine says that people hate change but love progress. Cole says a new stadium could be more pedestrian and fan-oriented than is possible at its current location. Populous estimates it will cost $1.07 billion to repair the stadium and only $1.005 billion to replace it. But while the populist report tells the story of a crumbling Kauffman Stadium, fans may experience something different. The Jackson County Sports Authority noted some concrete cracking and water damage in its 2022 report on the stadium, but said it was overall in satisfactory condition. Populous, which did not respond to repeated requests for comment, did not specify how widespread the issues are or how it figured its cost estimates. It also did not specify if maintenance or demolition costs were included in the report. 
Still, Kirkham thinks the time may be right to build a new stadium using modern construction techniques. There are ways to prevent ASR and steel corrosion now that didn't exist back in the 1970s. A new structure could last longer than the K has, if the public wants it to. 50 years is probably a reasonable time to be thinking about replacing it. You know, they might be able to get another 10 years out of it with a lot of effort and some uh, reconstruction, but they may not be able to get, you know, 80 years out of it just because it gets more weather exposure. When it does come time for taxpayers to weigh in on new stadium funding, they'll have to answer the central question. And are you going to love it? Or are you going to list it? Will it be renovating cracked concrete and corroded steel or building a field of dreams in a location still unknown? For KCUR 89.3, I'm Savannah Hawley-Bates. The Osage tribe lived in Kansas, Missouri, Oklahoma, and Arkansas before they were forced to move to Oklahoma in the 1800s. After oil was discovered on their new land, many members of the tribe were murdered for their wealth and property. Killers of the Flower Moon is a best-selling nonfiction book that tells that story. Now, it's a blockbuster movie directed by Martin Scorsese and starring Lily Gladstone and Leonardo DiCaprio. And the community where many of the murders took place is wrestling with how to open up about this painful past. Harvest Public Media contributor Allison Herrera takes us to Fairfax, Oklahoma. Dr. Carol Connor knows downtown Fairfax, population 1100, like the back of her hand. So a few years ago, it really started catching her attention when she would see cars parked in front of the historic Tall Chief Theater. And so I would be driving down our main street, which is mostly vacant of cars, and there would be a Volvo or a Lexus. Carol is a little extroverted. So I would pull up next to them and say, what are you doing here? Did you read the book? And they would say, how did you know that? Well, duh, there's no one else on the street and you're in a Lexus from Minnesota. (laughs) This was shortly after David Grant's nonfiction book was released. Carol and her husband, Joe, an Osage citizen, decided to use money from the nonprofit they run called the Fairfax Community Foundation to offer more information. We need to do something. So I, I basically created this exhibit giving people a background of who the Osage people were, how we got here, what led up to the murders. Dr. Joe Connor said he wanted to tell people the why. What was the impact of those murders on this community afterwards? At my high school, actually had us all read the book, and that's the first time I found out about the murders and what happened to the Osage people. Owen Hutchison is a young Osage man who works for Joe and Carol Connor and grew up in Fairfax. I think a part of that was Osages that do still live here didn't want to talk about it. I mean, it's a scary past and it's it's hard. And then the people who are non-Osages that lived here either didn't know or they were complicit at the time. Shannon Shaw Duty is the editor of the Osage News and also grew up here. Her great aunt Liz was alive at the time and had friends and family who were murdered. They didn't want to talk about it and we never understood, but we do now. We understand it now. It was too painful. When the book hit the shelves in 2017, Carol remembers getting a very frosty response when she put an item in the paper she and Joe published called the Fairfax Chief, a newspaper that's been around since the 1920s. So small town newspapers, no one ever unsubscribes. They die, but they don't unsubscribe. 
But the week that we had David Grant at the Tall Chief Theater to sign books, I had 12 people unsubscribe from the newspaper. But a few years later, attitudes began to change. Martin Scorsese signed on to direct the movie, and that was exciting. And more importantly, his film crew actually listened to Osages about their concerns for the movie. Joe and Carol Connor wanted to take the momentum of the film and run with it. They're part of an effort to revitalize downtown Fairfax, including a historic theater built for the community after the murders. Oh, we're standing right in front of the uh, Tall Chief Theater. Uh, Saving it is a passion project for Joe Connor. And we see this as an investment in the future of not only just Osages, but also the entire community. Osage citizen Danette Daniels is also trying to uplift the community. She was raised here. She's opening up a museum, gift, and coffee shop in a building she bought and renovated. I want to be part of bringing Fairfax back, uh, revitalizing Fairfax. She's hoping to give tours on the second floor of the building, where the two doctors, the Schoen brothers, allegedly poisoned Osages. Oh my God! Look, so this is filmed <gasps> in the movie. This is filmed. They showed wow. staircase. Yes. I asked Annette how she felt about offering tours to people about this terrible subject. Well, it's history. So it's just the truth. And people need to understand the truth. What does it feel like to own part of this history? Um, it feels good, especially as an Osage person. Yeah, taking it back. Taking back history. These Fairfax citizens see the movie as an opportunity to honor the victims of the murders and move forward. For Harvest Public Media, I'm Allison Herrera. Since Allison reported this story, Joe Connor passed away. Harvest Public Media is a collaboration of public media newsrooms in the Midwest and Great Plains, including KCUR. This is Kansas City Today. I'm Nomi Nujiadeen. This podcast is produced by Byron Love and KCUR Studios and edited by Lisa Rodriguez and Gabe Rosenberg. To read Savannah's reporting on the new Royals Stadium and Allison's story on the Osage Tribe, visit KCUR.org, where you can find more local news from Kansas City's NPR station. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you soon. At a time when information continues to come at us faster and faster, sometimes you need to hit pause and rewind. NPR's Throughline takes you back in time to the source of the news stories filling your feed. Find NPR's Throughline wherever you get your podcasts.